This week, in the parish of Boris's and market structure, it's a big week for takeovers. Ice Black Knight gets the OK from the US FTC, while European authorities greenlight the DB1 purchase of SimCorp. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 209. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the Bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details on our new website at exchangeinvest.com. Bitcarnage this week was as wacky as always from the overly exuberant Crypto Kitty celebration of the grayscale case against the SEC, merely instituting an inquiry so something SEC can squash, as we described it at the time, a pyrrhic victory. Meanwhile, SBF is being sustained in jail by peanut butter, bread and water, while lacking access to his Adderall. Presumably, SBF was left to ponder how his bail was set at $250 million, albeit hypothecated with such leverage that if it were a CFD, the EU would have banned it. Whereas President Trump had his bail in Georgia set at $200,000, which was duly ponied up in cash. Elsewhere, as always, the lawyers won big in the world of crypto v1.0, while Binance had another week replete with retreat from Russia and with the loss of its MasterCard partnership. Those were just two of its big losses this week. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage as a standalone, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you can find it on Substack. In the world of exchanges this week, Itch Shares, Hong Kong Exchange officially celebrated a milestone passed on the 15th of July 1993 when Singdao Brewery listed on Hong Kong Exchanges and created the Itch Share Story segment, which has since that modest beginning in 1993 seen 323 Itch Share listings, 307 of them in the main board, 16 on GEM, raising 2.9 trillion Hong Kong dollars with a total market capitalization of 5.9 trillion Hong Kong dollars. Moreover, as Chairman Cha has noted, I'm certain that without Itch Shares there would be no connect and I'm certain that without H shares, Hong Kong and the mainland's journey over the last 30 years would look very different indeed. Speaking of the journey, there's now a 13-member Hong Kong task force which was set up in the course of the last week as part of efforts to boost turnover of the sluggish stock market in the special administrative region. That is, of course, as a result of blowback from the Chinese mainland which is undergoing difficult economic times. The New York Stock Exchange Institute, they've reported an impactful first year for a vital organisation within the exchange world. People championing free markets are few and far between in the parish. 
parish does not do remotely enough trumpeting of its own achievements and its own importance. Actually, beyond NICE, NASDAQ and Hong Kong exchanges, there are precious few bourses truly pushing the message of the advantages of free open markets. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In results, it was a busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Moscow Exchange, they continue to motor on with remarkable success, despite sanctions, despite the Ukraine invasion and all manner of other problems within domestic Russia. Operating income was up 5%, net profit up a spectacular 46.2% as a result of, well, a lot of difficulties in the course of this time last year due to that Russian invasion of Ukraine. Over at New Zealand exchanges, fairly muted numbers. Nonetheless, EBITDA up 15%. The main news was the fact that the move of chairman has gone smoothly as a transition and there will be a retention of Mark Peterson as CEO, which makes sense for a business which has been revitalised over the past three years. New markets this week, just one. Indonesia has issued rules on how to run its first carbon market. Deal news this week was also very, very busy indeed for deals in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. And don't forget, it's only $349 per user year in order to be enlightened with pith about what's going on in the world of bourses. Intercontinental Exchange and Black Knight have finally managed to get antitrust clearance from what was at one point in time a rather aggressive and certainly incredibly reluctant FTC Bureau of Competition. We'd been expecting that for some time, of course, despite a lot of pessimism around those folk who ought to be invested in ICE. Nonetheless, it looked as if the FTC, as we said a few weeks ago, and for example, Exchange Invest 2730, was caught on a sticky wicket and likely to relent, especially after the second round of disposals were announced by Ice and Black Knight. This is excellent news for Ice, particularly after so much widespread investor cynicism that this deal would not get done. Meanwhile, in Europe, good news for Deutsche Börse. They've received final regulatory approval for their public takeover of SimCorp. Actually, that brought back to mind a sense of deja vu. I can recall a decade ago when ICE was acquiring NICE Euronext and the story went allegedly that the European Commission didn't want to clear the deal during peak summer in August. Here we are 10 years on and it's good to see DB1 getting such a rapid approval for their SimCorp purchase from the corridors of Brussels. Cebu CEO Ed Tilly says the firm is open to M&A in open jurisdictions, and certainly it needs it, having been neck and neck with Nasdaq in market caps since he became CEO in the early days. A decade ago, Ed Tilly's Cebo may be up 20% this year, and he may have done a lot of interesting deals, but there's either a messaging problem or a bigger vision problem plaguing 50-year-old Cebo. Can Tilly create a new momentum to help Cebo break out to great new things? Watch this space. Ashish Kumar Chaihan, the CEO of the National Stock Exchange of India, notes that SEBI has certain apprehensions concerning the IPO of the NSE. He's urging investors to stay committed for long term for market growth, both in the exchange itself and indeed in the NSE, which hopefully someday 
will manage to actually be listed on its own market. If you're looking for some more reading to understand better why exchanges are listed on their own markets and much more, check out a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget also, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. That's on Tuesday, 6 p.m. London, 1 o'clock New York. The IPO video live show. You can catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-video. We're currently on summer break, but we'll have another repeat coming to you in the course of this week, while our next live show is September the 12th with Reiner Zittelman discussing the wealth elite. Speaking of a wealth elite, that brings us very elegantly to our finance book of the week this week. This week, we're looking at a fascinating paperback written by the economic hitman himself, John Perkins. Confessions of an Economic Hitman exposes international intrigue, corruption and little-known government and corporate activities that have dire consequences for American democracy and the world. It's a compelling story that also offers hope and a vision for realising the American dream of a just and compassionate world that will bring us greater security. Or, as I prefer to put it in PLY speak, it's the equivalent of taking emerging nations and encouraging them to gorge at the all-you-can-eat buffet of debt. Product news this week. SIBO, they're eyeing expansion into options trading in Canada, absolutely a zero shock move that investigation, given that SIBO has a hefty footprint in Canadian cash equities through acquisition. Although, albeit, do we have Shades of Austria, which all deplatformed ex Vienna in the options market to Frankfurt in one fell swoop? Certainly, the interoperability with SIBO would seem quite incredible. That said, the idiot management at the time of Vienna installed DB1 technology at that point, and then were surprised when their market went to the much larger, more liquid platform with way more offsets. Speaking of Eurex, they're going to be launching daily options in the near future, while the LME is facing a new competitor nickel competitor. The marketplace came to us, Trumpet Abax Technology, who are based in Singapore and just recently got their exchange license. Over in Qatar, the stock exchange there is launching covered short selling and securities lending and borrowing, while next month, during September, we can look forward to the launch and relaunch of FEX Global Steel contracts in their futures and options marketplace. Technology news, several interesting stories this week. First of all, hackers took out, for at least a brief period of time, the Polish stock exchange and various banks. They were pro-Russians. A hacktivist group named No Name 057 brackets 16. KRX's technology from the Korean exchange is expected to be running on the Ho Chi Minh Stock Exchange by the end of 2023, according to the acting chairman of the Ho Chi Minh Stock Exchange. And then TICE announced a great deal. They're partnering with Avenir to deliver next-generation private market technology. Avenir Technology, incidentally, was founded by Stuart Turner, who completed a nine-year successful stint as a non-executive director of TICE at the close of the company's AGM on August the 8th, 2023. Elsewhere, EDI and SimCorp, they're going to be partnering to offer ISO 150222 corporate actions data. Well done, Jonathan Block and team. In career paths, biggest move, the transition being announced of CFOs. Sarah Youngwood will become EVP and CFO of NASDAQ effective December the 1st. She's going to succeed Anne Dennison, who has held the role since 2021 and is going to remain 
with Nasdaq until the end of the year to ensure an orderly transition. Certainly given her extensive experience running a huge amount of accounting for UBS in the USA gives Youngwood a fairly stellar looking CV. Shock news this week, even though he was appointed to a one-year contract, we didn't really anticipate that it was going to end after one year. Ramiel Dukani has been replaced as the chairman of the Egyptian Stock Exchange, the former vice chairman of the Financial Regulatory Authority. Ahmed El-Sheikh will be succeeding Rami in the course of the near future. Charles Schwab, they're going to be reducing headcount to save $500 million annually. And Hong Kong exchanges, they announced some senior appointments in information technology. John Su joined as Group Chief Technology Officer. And Richard Leung is being promoted. Congratulations to become Group Chief Information Officer, replacing Trevor Spanner, who departed some time ago. Meanwhile, the spectacular salary news of the week was the fact that the XTX Markets founder, Alex Gurko, who launched that London-based proprietary trading and market-making business as recently as 2015, is now worth a cool £8.5 billion following a bumper year for the business. In June, it was reported that revenue from his UK business jumped by 68% to £2.5 billion. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Markets, Marketplaces, Exchanges and Market Structure the World Over and publisher of Exchange Invest, the exchange of information, the daily bulletin of the bourse business. I wish you all a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.